hot topic. Oh, there we go. There we go. Yes. I was scared there for a second. I was like, uh oh. <laughs> Me in I trouble know. now. I know. I'm like, I don't know how this works. I've actually never done a live, so this is my first one ever. Yeah. What? Excuse me? Yeah, my first one ever. <laughs> Everybody, welcome Taylor to her first live. Thank you very much. <laughs> yes. Good <laughs> for you. you. Listen, I, I was just telling the folks that as we were doing this, that I couldn't uh, get it to work, honestly, in the beginning. Because it oh, was being, being a bit of a jerk to me. So, uh, but we're here now. Hello, Karina. I see all of the wonderful people just saying hello, all the hearts. This is great. We are going to have some good, good, good discussion this evening. And I really hope people will be willing to jump on and also give some of their commentary. And I hope that we have a good balance of discussion and opinions, because yeah. I think it's so important um, You know, on social media. We get that one side all the time. It's like always in your face. And it's important that those perspectives are shared from both sides, right? It's not just about hearing one side, but it's also knowing the nuances of the people that are sharing those stories and why they're sharing them. 100%. Yeah, right? So hello, 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 everyone again. This is fantabulous. <laughs> I see lots of hearts and, and lots of peoples. And um, we have, I have a ton of uh, questions and statements and comments from earlier. And then, of course, I had a, another little uh, blip where someone decided to message me about, you know, being married to a white man. Because that, you know, that just had to add to my day. <laughs> you know. I, told, I told Natalie that I was going to try really hard not to swear on this live. But then she said there was no promises. So now I take that back. I don't know. We'll see. I might try. <laughs> yes. We'll keep it. We'll keep it uh, PG-13 for the most part. But something may slip out as we talk because, you know, I get passionate. You're passionate. Oh, yeah. Right? And oh, yeah. so initially, well, I guess we can get started on this discussion. Oh, yes, Susie. Go look in my stories later. Someone decided <laughs> to ask me how I could be... How I could be supportive of Black Lives Matter and be married to a white man. I'm a total contradiction. Apparently, it's mutually exclusive. Just saying. <laughs> so, yeah, we won't even, we'll tackle that. We'll tackle that later because that wasn't even what we were going to discussing. We're going to be discussing today. Um, but Taylor had posted an IGTV, right? It was an IGTV. It was yeah. a live. Or no, it was an IGTV. IGTV. I haven't done a live till today. Yes, today's your first live. So Taylor had posted uh, an IGTV and was responding in, in, well, I should let you say this, you were responding due to all of this madness that's been going on with some of these uh, various uh, accounts right now that are, um, and you know what? People are like, oh, you should name this and name that. For me, it's more about, let's just have the discussion. We all know what it is. I don't need to be saying certain things right um i'm not that kind of call out person but they they know who they are and we know who they are there are some count, accounts right now that are not my insert company name here um that have been sharing some pretty disheartening and some pretty upsetting um information about some of these local businesses and so taylor 
was responding. Well, why don't you tell the you tell the people? I'm not speaking on behalf of you. <laughs> Well, okay, first of all, before we even jump into that, I just want to say thank you so much for inviting me to chat with you today. You are such a light. I love your um, good morning, beautiful people. Always ah. my day. Ah, and, thank you. You know, you've been, you've been educating people, even though that is not your job, you have mm -hmm. taught all of us so much. And you're just very generous with your energy. So thank you for having me. I'm ah. so excited ah. to meet you. And thank <laughs> you, because you speak so much about mental health. And you speak so much about all of the things that are happening in our city right now. And without apology, like you're just out there. And that is amazing. People need to be doing more of that. We need to do more of that. So thank you. Oh, thank you. You know what? This is, I, today I've gotten messages from people telling me that I'm brave or courageous. And honestly, I don't, I really didn't feel that when I posted that video or when I speak on these things, because this is how I've always been. If anyone has known me since elementary school, I actually did get a message from one of my um, classmates from back then, but everyone knows, like I have always been, whoa. <laughs> sorry, I was like, the light is so bad down here. Go ahead, sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Um, but yeah, I've always been the kid with my hand up in every single class and I was always told I talk too much, but I don't care. That's just who I am. Um, so yeah, me speaking on these things just feels very natural to me. So yeah, I posted an IGTV yesterday, just kind of in response to what I saw. So a reel was brought to my attention. Um, and for those of you who don't know, I'm just going to explain this whole thing. So there was a white person from Winnipeg who made a reel. And they were basically saying that um, cancel culture is toxic and that women need to support women and that we need to support Winnipeg businesses and that people basically shouldn't be shamed for making mistakes. And in the comments, to my surprise, I saw a lot of other white people backing up this message, some of whom were influencers that I followed for a long time. So that was obviously disheartening to see. And um, of course, like the BIPOC community uh, came together and was commenting. She got a lot of backlash for posting this. And then the reel was taken down and the account completely just was gone. Um, oh. Yeah. Yep. And I mm -hmm. thought, I was like, okay, maybe maybe this person blocked me because I had been liking some of the comments. But then I noticed like other people were telling me the account is gone. So I, I thought, okay, well, I hope that this person is going to speak on this later. Maybe they just, and I, I mean, like, I'm not, I'm not saying that um, I mean, I don't believe in bullying and I don't believe in that mob mentality that people were talking about, but I do believe in being held accountable. So to me, I was kind of like, don't fire the shots if you can't, you know, deal with the repercussions basically. And for me, that holds very true because I'm a content creator and Natalie, you obviously know this. I know that you always think very long and hard before you speak on anything. Mm -hmm. Even before you decided to speak on this, you said to me last night, I'm going to do my research and check everything out, which is amazing. That's what we should be doing as content creators, um, regardless of how many followers you have or not, because even if you only have 50, think of 50 people in a room, you know? So anyways, yes, count was taken down. And um, I mean, at that point, I had already seen who was commenting and supporting this message. So I tried to... I actually was not going to speak on it because I was kind of like, okay, well, the account's gone, the damage is done, but it was weighing really heavily on me yesterday. And Saturdays are usually the day that my boyfriend and I spend with each other kind of unplugged. I don't really like to check social media. So 
we were out for a bike ride, had a beautiful day, but I still just felt very heavy. Like I, I literally felt nauseous all day long. And this isn't the first time I'm speaking on anti-racism or things like this, just because it pertained to Asian people. Um, I speak on this with all races. I speak on any kind of issues that are important to me. So yeah, it was just weighing really heavily on me. And so I had to make a video. And the main point of my video was not to shame anyone, which is very clear if you watch it. Um, but obviously, some people might not have seen it. So in the video, I basically just explain why white people shouldn't tell people of color how to react or respond to racism, especially in a workplace. Because while I don't believe in cancel culture at all, and even for me, I always, always try and resolve anything privately, whether that's in my professional life, my personal, like I would never just put someone on blast without having spoken to them first. Yeah. Um, so in my opinion, and I mean, yeah, okay. In my opinion, I just think <laughs> if you are white, if you're privileged, you can't tell people of color how they should respond. And I mentioned this in my IGTV, but this goes back to last summer when there were so many Black Lives Matters protests going on and white people were very quick to speak on the rioting and not actually address why the protests were happening in the first place. And for me, I never spoke on that. I never even had that thought to speak on it or to have an opinion on what Black people should and shouldn't be doing because I am not Black and that is not my experience and I cannot speak on that. So for a white person to say, well, why don't you go to HR or why can't you handle this privately and this and that? Because HR doesn't do anything for us. And I'm sure that these issues have been brought to you know, management's attention because there were, there were several stories coming out. And so at what point do you reach out for help? At what point do you look to your community and say, okay, like, can something be done, right? Like there's so much, only so much that you can do in private and there's only so much you can take before you need to ask for help. So um, for these white people to be telling us you need to keep this private, that's silencing us again because, you know, it's not being solved. So that's why I just had to make that video yesterday. It just was weighing on me really heavily. And I spoke a lot about um, the racism that I've experienced. And I know that's not even the tip of the iceberg. What I've dealt with, I know that I'm still so, so privileged. Um, and I fully acknowledge that. At the same time, I have experienced um, being treated differently in a workplace because of the color of my skin. I've experienced microaggressions. And at one point it was every single day, like literally every day when I was a server. Um, so yeah, I just, I wanted to make that video to put it into perspective. I wanted to create a clearer picture of cancel culture versus accountability. Mm -hmm. And I just hope that this sparks some sort of change. I honestly have gotten the nicest messages ever today. Um, and a lot of people saying that they learned something, which is the whole reason why I put it out there because I mean, obviously it's 2021. So I would hope that everybody's doing their research. I would hope that everybody is making a conscious effort to learn, but I saw this as an opportunity to say, hey, you guys need to try harder. We all need to try harder. And I don't know. Yeah, that that's kind of the story, the background. Yes. So thank you for that. So there's a couple of layers here. So the first layer is the fact that there's these businesses that have, and I'm gonna say allegedly because 
I don't know the facts. I'm going to use the word allegedly. And some of my comments today and how our discussion goes, I may be canceled tomorrow. I don't care. Uh, (laughs) This is my personal opinion and I don't report to any of y'all. Anyway, uh, (laughs) what I want to say though is that there's a couple layers here, okay? So the first layer is there's these businesses that are clearly... Uh, not behaving appropriately in the workplace as it relates to their human resources and people leadership, okay? Now you add the layer that there's BIPOC employees there experiencing this, okay? So not just the general group of employees, but now we have BIPOC employees uh, uh, experiencing, you know, these issues at work, right? So you're, you're speaking to... I both layers in in a way, but more the BIPOC piece, right? So initially, when I thought about when I thought about this whole conversation, because people have tagged me, they have sent me reels and stories and messages, and Natalie, how come you haven't said anything about this? You work in HR. What's your comment? All these kind of things. Now, first and foremost, as an HR professional for 21 years now, I have seen some things. I've gone through some things. I've gone through uh, many assessments of workplaces and reviews that have had issues just like this. And of course, confidentiality and privacy is number one. However, some of these businesses did not have that, right? Did not have that HR. And so the HR in me weeps. For, for these employees, because that that is unfortunately not, not how it should go. However, at the same token, when you have um, an opportunity to share what's going on in your workplace because you have nowhere else to go, absolutely you're going to take it to the people. We are the people, mm-hmm. right? You're going to take it to the people, and you're going to say, listen, this is what's going down at this workplace and it's horrible, and this is what's happening, and this is what's happening, and this is what's happening. And then all of a sudden, through the woodwork, there's people who used to work there or whatnot that come from 10 years ago, 11 years ago, 12 years ago, 30 years ago, whatever it is, right? And now all those people are coming into to the fray, right? So the one thing I did notice for the last couple of um accounts that were made is that when the first one happened with Stella's, which we all know, I'm going to actually name that one because we saw that very clearly in the news, there were actual individuals who named themselves and said, yes, we are the ones who started this account and came forward and those kind of things. So when you think of it as accountability, you, you more gravitate to that credibility because of the fact that they actually said, yes, we are the representatives for the employees that are going through this right now. Whereas more recently, it's very anonymous and you don't have any hot clue of who the people are behind some of these accounts. Clearly, there are people who have worked there, but they haven't shared who they are, their names and those kind of things. And of course, privacy, confidentiality, people not wanting to get uh, uh, sued for slander or defamation or libel and those kind of things. I get that. However, I'm just saying, because we are spectators to this, we see, well, when this happened over at this business, some people said who they were. And yet with these couple businesses, people aren't saying who they are. So then people start to doubt that commentary, doubt that feedback. And of course, this is all happening on social media, right? We're all seeing it. And now it's like everyone must choose sides, right? 
everyone must choose sides because social media said so. And if you're not following this account, then I can't follow you and da 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 and all this kind of things. But what I want to know is what really went down. I need to know what went down. Am I ever going to know all the facts of what went down? Probably not. Right. But when you have enough volume of concerns and issues coming from people and they're sharing things that are extremely specific, it's hard to deny that that didn't happen. It's really hard to deny. And so you have to think to yourself, okay, I am now this spectator in this situation. I have this information. I have a lot of information. What is it now that I'm going to do with that? How, I'm going, how am I going to interact going forward? Do I want to continue to support this business? Knowing that I don't have all the facts, but most of it and a lot of it is pretty, feels very real to me, right? And so you as an individual, now you can decide, am I going to, um, you know, what am I going to do with this information and how will I proceed? And so, again, people get caught up in the, the furor of it all, right? And it's like, Natalie, I'm tagging you on this, and you need to say something about this. Or Taylor, I'm sending you this story. You better share this, and da-da-da-da-da, right? But at the same token, it's the individual accounts, too. What are the comments coming in there? How are, who are these people? Where did they come from? So, for example, one of those companies I had some relationship with because I was a model in the catalog, Okay. I also work in HR. So when that started to happen, folks were like, hey, did you know about this? Hey, is this going on? I'm like, obviously not. Because if I did, I wouldn't have worked with, you know, like, <laughs> Who really? People? Is really? Nice. Come on. <laughs> but anyways, not only that, oh, so you're HR, and now you happen to be working in HR, and so you must be the person who's going to do the review. Conflict of interest. Oh, my God. Da -da 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 -da. Like, again ask questions to seek understanding do yeah. not make assumptions assumptions are literally the worst thing we can do you have a question about someone a business or something ask them the damn question be direct right be clear be firm in what you're asking if they do not answer you if they cannot answer you and if they don't or if they answer you and brush you off then you have your answer of what your next step is but the assumptions that have been made um, on, on, all, on all ends, the assumptions about the people who, there's no way you could have experienced that at that or organization. They're amazing. There's no way, you know, we can't be doing that either. Again, we are spectators to this. Many of us have never worked there, okay? And perhaps we've, Perhaps we've experienced um, uh, friends who have had experiences there or something, then fine. But there's many of us who are now, we're just watching the show. But everyone also has a say in the show. How is that possible? How is that possible? And this is where we get this cancel culture versus accountability culture versus punishment culture versus the toxic positivity that you experience with that reel. It's like, can't we all just get along? Can we all just get along, right? In a perfect world, that would be. But we know that nothing is perfect in this world. Thank God, actually. Okay? And so that, that, that whole thing, not only that layer, but the second layer of the BIPOC people who are saying these things are happening to them and then to be dismissed or to be told, well, you shouldn't say that or ah, you can't say that or, you know, 
it's so very frustrating. And so I did ask some questions about, uh, and I, and I, I think there's a couple of people who would love to join this live as well. So if you, if you do let us know, um, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. Does that show up? Does that show up? It showed up for me for a second. It's gone now. Uh -huh. Okay. But it showed up with the name. So I'm not going to do that. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm not going to do that. I'm just, I, I saved them as pictures so that I could, uh, actually read them out because I did promise anonymity. So I'm not going to lie to the people <laughs> and make sure that, uh, I do that. So um, let me get to one of them here. So uh, someone said, it's important to hold people and businesses accountable without harassing and threatening them. It does nothing. Agreed, right? But we're in the world of social media. So how do we get to hold businesses accountable? as the public like if you take instagram out of it and if people weren't sharing these things and making these accounts what what would be happening what would we be doing yeah i'm just curious right like that's an actual question i would love everyone that's watching if you have an answer for that or if you feel comfortable answering what what would we do if there was no social media and people weren't making reels or making anonymous accounts or anything like that what would we be doing for a situation like this, where we have heard that there is issues going on somewhere. And maybe no one, you know, maybe no one's going to answer that, but that's a question I have. And that's kind of how I live my life and go about my day is that, you know, social media has become this beast where we depend on it a lot for a lot of things. And like I told you last night, I'm like, let me look into this because yeah. Part of the issue with social media, too, is we jump on it. We are impulsive. We are impulsive. <gasps> Did you see this? Share it to 17 million people. Comment, comment, someone repost, blah, 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 right? Yes. Right? Yes. I actually, um, I wanted to touch on that specifically for a moment because um, I did have a really great conversation. Ooh, I like that golden. Sorry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so saw a comment. I'm like, yes. <laughs> Social media gives everyone a voice that they may that may not have had one before. Yeah, yeah, that's another thing. Like it yeah. is, it is this beast, but it's also this um, way for you to get help and support, right? And I mean, obviously, I don't agree with like I've heard some pretty wild things of like businesses getting death threats and like just really awful things like that. And I don't believe in that. Um, obviously, we can't control what the public does. It's just like where do we draw that line where it's like. I'm going to reach out for help, but I'm, I can't control what the public does from here on out. And for me, I think it was pretty telling just with the statements or lack thereof from those businesses, you know, what's really going on. And the other thing that I really don't like is when a person will apologize, but not actually address the BIPOC community. They will yes. say, I'm sorry for whoever I offended, or I'm sorry <laughs> if it made you feel this way. I'm like, say it though. Tell us who you're sorry that you offended say that it's people of color, you know, like, cause it could be anybody. Yeah. Um, so that's the first thing. And the second thing I wanted to touch on, um, just talking about social media being a really fast paced environment. So one of the people I saw comment on that reel actually reached out to me today, which was amazing. This person was so, so nice and so thoughtful in their uh, message. And they did not have to do that. And I've seen a lot of clap back whenever I, well, I didn't even call it like someone else specifically. I didn't name anybody, but this person messaged me. We had a great conversation and 
they literally said, I was looking at it through this lens and I didn't think of the bigger picture. I deleted my comment, but obviously people had seen it. Yeah. And I said, like, that's amazing that you decided to message me. I loved having this conversation. And you're right. Social media is a really fast paced world. And it sucks because I believe that everybody should be able to make mistakes and learn from them and grow. And I wanted to allow space for that. So mm -hmm. I'm not like shaming that person at all. Um, and this person is great. Like I obviously know they're not racist, but again, it was just a learning experience for that person to just realize that every little thing you do on social media, people see. And yes. if you have an influence, which I think if you have even one follower, you have an influence, right? But especially with a larger audience, you need to think of how your audience is going to take that in a way where it's like, if you have a bunch of white people who are following you, they're going to see that and say, oh yeah, you're right. This is okay. If you have BIPOC following you, they're going to be like, what the heck? You know, like that hurts. So it's just being mindful. And of course, none of us are perfect. I'm sure that one day I am going to make a mistake. I've, I've definitely learned a lot um, later in my adult life when I went to university um, even just about the Indigenous history here in Canada that I didn't know, which is, it was shocking to me. And I was disappointed in myself for not knowing. But again, that was a learning experience. Luckily for me, that wasn't displayed on social media. So I didn't have that backlash. And I hope that person who I had a conversation with today didn't have backlash either. Um, but yeah, it is a learning experience. And it's true, like social media is just very fast paced. And I just hope that our conversation right now, and even my video, like, I just hope that it sparks some change. My and mm -hmm. I know your intention is not to shame anyone. That would never be our intention. Never. Like, I just hope this is a learning experience, you know? And I saw a lot of really great messages today telling me that people learn something. So I already know that we've done our part with that. If, even if just one person learned something, I feel good about that. And to me, it was worth speaking on. So. Yes, that's awesome. And, you know, I'm going to come at it from a, a little bit of an HR perspective too. So, um, because I do respect the workplace training and those types of things. So it's really important to recognize what's, what some of those differences of definitions are and what the rights are, et cetera, human rights, for example. Mm -hmm. So harassment and, dis and discrimination, right? It's all about the treatment and conduct of people based on the protected characteristics right? And those protected characteristics, right? Gender identity, sexual orientation, a source of income, ethnicity, nationality, perceived race, race, color of skin, um, potential for pregnancy, all of those types of things, okay? Defined by law. And so those types of things are all very important for employees to know. And I think when you're working for an organization where they don't help educate you on that or you don't know for yourself, then we get into situations where something may have some sort of behavior may have been going on for a long time and no one dealt with it because no one knew that they had rights to mm -hmm. to explain that that was happening to them. Right. So there's there's so many different pieces to this puzzle um, that are so complicated and we're only getting snippets of it on social media. We're not getting the whole rounded picture. And that's why we can't rush to judge and we can't rush to respond because we need to understand a little more sometimes. Um, but at the same token, I, like I said, when people are being so very specific about behavior that's occurred to them, highly probable that it happened. 
highly probable. And so when we doubt those people, now how do they feel? How do those people feel? Right? And I've had that in my own experience, in my own career. Um, doesn't even matter how long I've been in HR. It's happened to me as an HR professional. When we doubt people, right, victim shame and those types of things, where else do you expect them to go? What else do you expect them to do except say, hey, social media and the public, I have friggin' nowhere else to turn. Here's what I have to say. Yeah. So the, the piece that makes it very, um, can be concerning is that we think it's accountability or whatnot, but the more people jump on, the more that mob mentality happens, it picks up traction, right? And then some of the comments become a little more, you know, heated and all those kind of things. And that's where the cancel culture can come in, right? And that's, that's kind of what we're dealing with now. Um, but hold on, who are we to dismiss people? Yes, 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 we've all had credit employer. Uh-huh. <laughs> The comments are absolutely wonderful, 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 wonderful. Um, I would like to actually get back to some of them because some of these comments I think we should address. There is someone who would like to join us, Anna, Anna from the T.O, who is also a Winnipegger. So oh, I, will, uh, I, will, I will join with Anna here. Can we do more? We can do three, two more people or something, right? Honestly, I, I have no idea. <laughs> Oh, yeah. She's like, this is my first live, Natalie. Why are you asking me? Sorry. Anna, 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 are you there? Oh, did I hit something by accident? <laughs> you're you're live with us right now. Oh, awkward. I thought that was just me joining the video. Oh. <laughs> did you want to say any comments or you want to uh, say, uh, I'm not doing live with you guys, thanks. Yeah, I just, yeah, I'm not prepared for a live right now. I just, I'm listening to the discussion. Okay, okay. <laughs> well, I don't know how to uh, take you off. of. I don't know how to do that. So I don't know yeah. either. We're all learning. We're all learning together. <laughs> oh my okay, gosh, yeah, so to I'm going to go to some of the, the questions that I had received because I think it's really important to, to get to those because, um, or not even just questions, but statements of people that have uh, made some, some comments because, um, you know, it, it's important to get everyone's opinion with this here. So someone says, I agree with accountability, but I don't really understand what accountability culture is. Okay. Yes. So I would say, um, oh, we have someone else who would like to join us. So I'm going to let them come in here. And someone said, Anna, if you just press the X, you should... Oh, there we go. Never mind. There she Thank left. You. Okay. This is Shavain. I don't know who Shavain is. And I don't know if I said that right. Oh, Shavain didn't mean to do this. They declined. <laughs> okay. I think people are pressing things and maybe not meaning to, so we'll, we'll just leave it alone. But every time I see it pop up, I'll do it. Okay. So uh, I like I said, so someone said, I agree with accountability, but I really don't understand what accountability culture is. And so the culture is, I would say, that that is what people right now, that's us as human beings, we are, we are holding businesses accountable, we are holding people accountable, that culture of doing that, whereas before and many years ago, we weren't doing that in such a very public way. Mm -hmm. That's what I would say. Would you agree? For sure. I definitely think the world of social, like everything is just so accessible. Everything is so out there. 
Um, in terms of accountability culture, though, I would just say that it's okay to admit that you don't know everything. And it's okay. Or those I don't. Yeah, well, me neither. Like, I learned so much this year. And I think all of us are learning. This is kind of a newer thing to navigate for a lot of people, um, especially people who have privilege and who haven't experienced this. So I think just acknowledging that you don't know everything that you're learning, that you're going to do better moving forward every single time. I feel like that's accountability culture. Yeah, I would agree with that, too, because it, it's self-awareness as well. Oh, yes. Kaylee said it's doing the work, which is yes, because, okay, so obviously we see a lot of this, this performative thing. Allyship, if you will. Yes, mm -hmm. yeah. Performative allyship. We see a lot of that. We saw a lot of people reposting stories, a lot of people posting the black square, and then who knows what they're doing offline. And I mean, granted, they could have been doing a lot offline, but I saw a lot of content creators just resume to their normal content the day after or during and you know that to me is not real accountability real accountability is when yeah like Kaylee said you do the work you do the learning um and you don't just continue to live your life as if it doesn't affect you I mean luckily for you if you were able to do that you know but um yeah I definitely think doing the work is a huge part of it and that's a lot of work offline as well um yes yeah a lot of work. And that's, and, and that's the other piece. A lot of us are not, we're never going to see that because not everyone's going to come back and post on social media that, Hey, I joined this committee. Hey, I'm doing this at my workplace. Hey, I'm like, we have to be reasonable in our expectations of what people are doing offline and hope and pray that that's what they're doing, right? Doing Or that they're doing something or having those conversations with their family members or whatnot. Um, but at the same token, it's, it's making sure that, uh, we do ask the question. We ask the question. So you posted one square and now what? Exactly. Now what? Well, now what else did you do? If they can't tell you, then you know. <laughs> the right? Again, it's that. asking, we don't ask enough questions just to ask the question and, and get an answer. We make so many assumptions and that causes so much of this conflict and all of this um, negative feedback because we make so many assumptions, right? So yeah. there is a question here that was in the comments that says, uh, your experience with allies, what made them feel like they were being supportive without playing into the white savior complex? Mm, that's a tough one. So I know for people who are true, if you want to say true allies in my eyes, are folks that the, their language to me um, has changed or is, is what it should be, right? So it's checking in and how are you feeling with this? Is there anything I can, can help you with or do for you? Or, you know, it's the language that they're using. It's not just about the actions of they're actually doing something or saying something on their social media. And like you said, being performative, it's the language they use with me as well. That's my, that's kind of my experience so far. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. Yeah. So um, another one here. Yeah, it's sad that it has to be said. Um, so when I said earlier about what would we do if we didn't have social media and someone had said, nothing would happen. We need people to speak up and then questions need to be asked and we need to see change and that these people are being heard right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
constructive criticism and accountability can easily get mistaken for harassment when the individual gets defensive. Yes. But when you think of bullying, bullying is so prevalent right now. And it's not just cyberbullying, it's bullying in the workplace, right? And it's any of the, that conduct or that behavior that ought to be known, reasonably known to be wrong and unwelcome, right? That's bullying in a nutshell. If you're doing something to me or saying something to me, if you're, you know, um, isolating me or if you're, you're saying horrible things to me, being patronizing, condescending, all those kind of things to me on a regular basis, you're a bully. That's it. Plain and simple. So the constructive criticism that's happening of some of these businesses and these accounts and people, right, it's, it's how we say it. So I always tell people, like, from a respectful workplace um, standpoint or being respectful as a good human being, period, is that it's how we communicate what's going on with us. It's making sure that, yes, there's going to be that tinge of emotion in there, but it's how we communicate that. And that changes instantly for the folks who say it's accountability versus it being cancel culture. The terminology, the language, how we communicate is so very key to making that distinction. Mm -hmm. Right? So um, let me continue uh, here. Let me keep going. Before social media, people had to go through the media. Rushing is never the answer. We had another company here like Nygaard silencing people using fear. I used to hear so many horrific things about that business and yet they still stood Mm -hmm. right social media has given employees another way to leverage the power imbalance between employee and employer which is a different collective voice i would agree with that here's the thing though certain companies big enough companies who have policies with social media policies now you have taken that piece away what do we do now? Right? Right? There's, there's, there's larger companies who have social media policies that say, we're going to be watching what you put on social media. And therefore, you're always a representative of the company. Therefore, yep. be careful what you say out there. Right? And so say you become a member of this collective voice. And now what happens to you? Now you receive potential discipline because you've spoken out on social media. And the it's other catch twenty two, yeah. And um, it's interesting actually. So I recorded a podcast um, on the eighteenth. So like before all of this happened about this situation, and um, you guys will see it tomorrow if you decide to tune in. But we were talking about how salons will actually make you sign a non compete form. So I think that a big reason, and what that is basically, is saying that. If you work here, you can't um, work in another place for sometimes for up to like three years within whatever radius. Um, And so I think that's another reason why a lot of these stories came out anonymously because they're like, well, this is my livelihood. So do I want to attach my name to this? Are other salons ever going to hire me? Am I going to work? You know, Um, and if they've signed that form, how can they even come out with this so I think that's another reason why I guess some people are like did this really happen why aren't you saying your name but we have to take into account what if you're supporting yourself and your family through this job which likely they are you know um 
So that's another reason why it's just extra tough because even for me, like when I, I mean, luckily I'm employed by myself, so yeah, I can talk about these things, but my account did get taken down when I talked about something important um, a little while ago. So mm -hmm. obviously I still have to be careful too, what I, what I put out there, but I think, you know, even more so um, for these people who have been silenced, who knows why they're not saying their name, right? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and that's the key, right? We have to be very mindful that we cannot be doubting their experience because they've chosen to be anonymous because of course they have to remain anonymous for certain reasons. And yes, there are I mean, I've seen how many policies, non-disclosure, non-compete, all of those things. Those are things that do protect the employer from, from, um, you know, situations similar to this. But at yes. the same token, I don't believe that that's the original intent of those policies um, because you wouldn't want to to put those policies in place ahead of the game to say to these people, we're making you sign this right now because we think whenever you leave here, you're going to say something bad. Well, then that already tells me all I need to know. 100%. Right? I'm going to try to get Susie on here from the PR perspective of things because she has so much experience in public relations and how this all looks from a communications uh, perspective. So I'm trying to see if I can uh, get her to, uh, to join us here. But this thing is being a bit of a, I don't know what's going on. So we'll see if she comes. But anyways, um, accountability culture is about making a conscious effort to do the good. Yes, we talked about that. Cult accountability culture is becoming anti-racist. Read, research, find answers. Ask if you can't find it. Yes, we just need to ask questions. And I think we get so, we're ready to jump on the bandwagon of like, I believe that, I believe that without finding out for myself I just want to find out for myself. I'm not just going to automatically take what, what people say. Because I know from a, from a standpoint that there are many times, and we've seen it ourselves and with other content creators, influencers, big influencers or whatever, and they just automatically take something, run with it, share it. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, I had to delete that because found out, da 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 right? Happens all the time. Um, I like accountability culture so much better than the term cancel culture. It puts more emphasis on the wrongdoing of actions. Cancel culture sounds just like randomly picking on people or on businesses. Yes. Um, I'll try Susie again. He keeps saying to do this. Uh, uh, performative act activism, doing the work is absolutely imperative. Continue doing the work every day, not only when it's popular. There's my Susie Q. <laughs> Hi. There she is. I there she is. Thank you so much for joining. Can you see me? I was getting we kicked can out. See you. I apologize. Okay. I was just uh, finishing up. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Yes. Hi, so hello. 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 Uh, so yeah, you were chatting about um, accountability. Yes. Which I believe is really the way that we have to frame this discussion, right? Um, it really is about accountability. And if you take any of these comments or any of these stories that are happening right now, if so, for example, someone mentioned Nygaard earlier, and I was finishing up the Nygaard podcast um, last week. And if that term had existed, cancel culture, if that term had existed 10 years ago, when the CBC did their story and investigation to him, he would have totally used that term. 
right? And that's the danger is that what this really is about is about a power structure mm -hmm. and a power structure about who can speak and who can't. Mm -hmm. So who has the money, the resources, and the ability to lose that's who gets to speak as employees and um, as students or whatever it might be, you might not be in that power position and you might not have um, a, a framework for accountability, right? Mm -hmm. So that's the challenge too. And um, a post that I did in the last week or so was to reframe cancel culture as accountability because it's not about canceling. Nobody, I would like to know the name of one company that has suddenly closed up their doors and no longer exists due to quote unquote cancel culture. And a company like the Seuss company, Dr. Seuss company, pulling content from their catalog that they deem no longer acceptable for 2021 in the future, that's not cancel culture. That's just deciding what's going to go on your shelf as a company. Right. Yeah. Yep. So coming from the PR world, whether it's um, there's two main bodies when it comes to PR, which is the CPRS, Canadian Public Relations Society and IABC, which is International Association of Business Communicators. Both of those groups have um, what we call a code of ethics that we as professional communicators, just like you, Natalie, as an HR. HR. Yeah. And I'm also on the PR side, too, with IABC. Yes. You betcha. Yeah. As a PR professional, I have to uphold those code of ethics. I have to maintain integrity for myself and for my clients. So when I do things like crisis management, I have to have facts. I cannot deal in assumptions like you mentioned before. I have to deal in facts. I have to deal in truths. And I have to deal in what's actually happening. So I have a responsibility to my profession, to my clients, and to my audience, which is the general public in a lot of these cases, mm -hmm. to maintain integrity and to maintain truth. Now, like you said, the outside world will never get to know all that goes on, okay? Yeah. And that's just the way it is. We, as you know, HR professionals, as PR professionals, we struggle to maintain integrity and transparency, absolutely, as much as we can without violating confidentiality and other legal things that may exist. And let me just say, legality trumps all. So that everything that we deal with has to still be within the legal framework of what we're allowed to do. And that's super important. And most people don't understand that. Now, you also talked about rushing. And one of the things when it comes to crisis communications, um, and again, crisis communications as it refers to a brand suffering a period of questioning or something like this, there is no reason to rush to make a statement or to make a defense when you don't have all the facts, number one, about who is speaking about you, what they're saying, and what their concerns are or what their demands are, right? What their gripes are. We as PR professionals, as HR professionals, we need to gather all of those facts before we can come to the table and create a framework for communication in public relations because that's what we are doing. Ultimately, we are trying to create an opportunity for conversation and to help everybody come to a conclusion of truth and integrity. Yep. I feel yeah. like I was speaking for like half an hour there. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the thing is, though, Susie, and I think many people would say is that that's not enough, right? People don't, we're saying that now and, you know, talking about it now, but that's not enough for the people who have experienced all of these things that have been happening to them. And now they finally have a voice and they can share those things and they can send in their you know, the screenshot of their notes and send it and know that someone will see it. 
there isn't that ability or, or perhaps folks don't have the patience for that. Yeah. And I think too, that there comes into effect, like you've said, if you have tried every single avenue available avenue to you and have still been shut down or further marginalized or not heard, there's a breaking point. Okay. Yeah. There's a breaking point for everybody and everything. And again, I don't, I think I also need to clarify that when it comes to PR scandals or brand scandals or anything like that, I do not view poor business choices as PR scandals. So when something like this happens in your company, you are not hearing these things for the first time. Yes. Like you said, okay, yep. these things have been brought to your attention, maybe one time, maybe twice, maybe three times, maybe a dozen. But this is the thing that needs to be understood. You need, as a business owner, your number one job is to know that your job is to keep a safe and respectful workplace at all times. That's Obligated to have a safe, physically yeah. safe and psychologically yeah. safe workplace. Every employer exactly. in our province exactly is obligated. Choosing, choosing not to employ an HR firm a payroll firm, um, you know, a lawyer, whatever that means. I understand small businesses have expenses. At the same time, in your business plan, these things need to be accounted for because you need them to be successful. It's yes. as simple as that. And not only that, but to protect you legally and to protect your employees, okay? Yeah. It's for everybody's best benefit. It really is. And that's how you get to be a long-term sustainable company. And like you said, if you hear these things once, you know, out there, you might give pause. Okay. But when you have an account pop up and you have people, you know, saying things that account to a number of opportunities that sound very, like you, like you said, very specific and similar, that's not crisis PR anymore. Now your lawyer's taking over. Yes. Okay. Yep. That's no longer a public relations issue. That's a legal issue and a human rights issue. Yeah. And that's yep. why I think that when there were comments saying, why didn't you just do this behind closed doors? Because people reach the breaking point, like you said, and if they're not being seen, they're not being heard. Like, you know, clearly these are reoccurring issues and clearly these are multiple stories, multiple people coming forward. So you know, at what point, again, like I said before, what, at what point do you reach for help, right? And I think we have to, we have to take into consideration as well um, the type of people who are telling these stories. So let's look at a couple of these, of these industries. They're hospitality and or service-based in a lot of these cases, yeah. which means that they disproportionately employ women in these positions, okay? That also means that that woman who's working that job is likely earning minimum wage or slightly above, Okay, that also means that she may be working one or two jobs to put food on her table and for her babies. Yep. Do you think she has time to go to the labor board or the money to hire a lawyer? Like, no, single mama or working mama does not have that opportunity. She knows that her employer knows that. And that is why it's so important for employers to know what they are bound to uphold legally and employees need to know what, what path right, is to them mm -hmm. should they experience problems. However, 
that also needs to take into effect the fact that how is this this mother, woman, person, marginalized, whatever member of the community they are, might not have the resources to understand how to reach out to those um, those opportunities for help. Okay. We need or to if they do, if they do, they don't they don't have the time or the ability to now find another job while that's going on, right? It's their livelihood. It's it their livelihood. Their livelihood. And also, I think we know, too, in certain industries, these are small industries, okay? Mm -hmm. So they're going to call their former employer. You have to put that former employer on a resume. What's going to happen? Mm -hmm. So we really, really need to consider the backstories of all of these people who are feeling marginalized disenfranchised by the system and we need to do better by them because we're never going to don't do that yep and business owners as much as people don't seem to realize human resources exactly what it says human resources without your people you will not run your business and therefore if they are not taken care of in that way where you have the safeguards in place for them and they don't know about those safeguards, opening yourself up immediately to issues. Mm -hmm. I just want immediately. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I also think that we need to. Oh, you're cutting out. I also think that we need to teach there. people. Um, how to effectively? Oh, I'm sorry. Let's stop, please. Thank you. I'm gonna blame TikTok. Watch <laughs> Wi-Fi over here. I also think that we need to help understand how to go about um, rectifying internal issues. Right. So how to yes to advocate for is how speak like you said Natalie it's about what you say and how you say it right so how hate for themselves their co-workers and their working conditions right and I, I don't know what that is necessarily that's likely an HR issue but it's clear that people and it's are a difficult issue because if you're BIPOC okay you already have a layer of, oh my gosh, I can't go to my employer and ask this or say this or do this. You already have an obstacle or a barrier in front of you because of what we've experienced, because of lived experiences, right? Yeah. And so you already have that barrier and now you have to find a way to say, this is not, this is happening to me right now in the workplace and it's not right. What are you going to do about it? And it sounds so very simple, but to take that step, and it's taken me years. And like I said, I've been in the workforce since for 30, 30 oh my God, I've been in the workforce for 30 years, <laughs> 30 odd years, okay? And it's taken me a very long time, even in a professional management level uh, roles where I have had to find that courage and that energy to say, this is not right and something needs to change. And so think of like what you just said, the example of the minimum wage, 
you know, working two, three jobs. And now I'm going to go say something about what's going on here. I'm low man, uh, you know, on the seniority list or the woman on the seniorities, what, what have you. And I can't afford to lose this, lose this job. I can't afford to have uh, a blemish on my name or, or be on that list where, you know, people don't want to, to hire me, like you said, depending on the industry, right? Because Lord knows Winnipeg's small. Oh, you yeah. know that, right? I can't tell you how many times um, yeah. I've seen a person come in and apply for a job and people at whichever workplace I'm at be like, oh, I heard this and this about this person. Don't, you know, and it's, it's so like Winnipeg is so small. So imagine tackling something that big and that public, you know, imagine how hard it would be to find a job. And if you're, yeah, like you said, if you're a single mom, if you're a mom, you know, I grew up with a single mom and I know that she worked really hard. And if she had lost her job, I don't know what would have happened, you yeah. know? Yeah. So someone asked a question here that I think is uh, interesting. It says, in your opinion, do you think things change drastically for the better once these issues reach the light? As in Fox News. <laughs> I'm not sure what that means, but... <laughs> but are, like... I would let, you know, I don't know who some of the folks are from those anonymous accounts. So it depends on the company. Yeah. Company and the kind of resources they have. Yeah. You know, I think that um, it depends on their internal resources and, um, and what they really want to do, really want to improve and make it better. Right. And I think that some people really are. Um, not clued into the fact that they are not doing their best and that they could do better. Yes. See another comment here. People appreciate people that are real, admitting you effed up or that you need growth and knowledge. Forgiveness would be so much easier if people admitted their faults rather than covering it up. Yeah. I would agree with that wholeheartedly. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, again, we always tell know, each other, I mean, I tell people all the time, give yourself post, grace, give yourself I... grace, give yourself some self-compassion to recognize that you need to take a step back, you need to pause, you need to have that time for yourself. We have to give some other people grace, too, because we don't know what they're going through. This, this little piece of that, you know, um, experience that they're having at an organization could be the tip of the iceberg. Right. And so people are sharing these things because they need to release it somewhere and they need to have it heard somewhere. Right. Hold on. There we go. Some people admit their faults and they're used against you. Yeah. That happens as well, for sure, which is unfortunate. I mean, I think yeah, I think that's impossible to avoid. I mean, you're always going to have the people who are going to use your past or your mistakes against you for sure. But I would much rather have like, you know, a few of those people and admit that I'm wrong and have, you know, just be honest and open and learn from that. I would rather have that because if you're hiding it, I mean, chances are people already know um, you don't look very good if you're doing that. Um, screenshots are a thing. Social media yeah. is a thing. So I just think... Um, it's better to just admit when you're wrong. Even for me, um, this doesn't have anything to do with um, this particular situation, but I remember I made a story about how, I don't know, something to do with, I wanted to um, 
to help homeless people, I wanted to find a charity to donate to for something. And someone messaged me and said, actually, it's better if you say um, people experiencing homelessness, homelessness. Yeah. rather than homeless people. And here I was thinking, like, I was trying to be so correct and so considerate. And I was like, wow, that's really cool. So I actually put out a statement. And I was like, I apologize. Um, gonna do better moving forward. And now since then, I always say people experiencing homelessness. So even for me, like, I'm definitely not perfect. I don't know everything. It's just, you know, I know that that video was out there where I was speaking um, and saying homeless people instead of people experiencing homelessness. Oh, so yeah. I'm going to own up to it. And um, yeah, I just think it's just better to, regardless what, of what anyone says, if you've owned up to it at that point, people can't really say too much, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We've all, we've all been there and it's those folks and people like yourself who have taken that uh, experience and elevated yourself with it. Right now, you know, now you've unlearned that behavior and now you learned a new one. And that's great. And we, we, a lot of times in social media don't allow people to do that. Yeah. And I think that's probably where some of that cancel culture definition comes in. Right. It's like, well, you said this and now like, I hate you and I'm going to get all my friends to hate you too, because you said that, even though you may have you know, retracted it and, and corrected yourself. That, that to me is where that cancel culture comes in. That's not accountability culture. That's, that's cancel culture because you've, you said, yes, I've said this. I'm sorry. Uh, if you need to apologize. Right. And, and now I've corrected myself and thank you for, for that learning. And some people just don't, don't care. There are a lot of, I think where, you know, when I think of cancel culture, I think of the keyboard warriors. I think of the people who are just like, what kind of drama can I get into today? Yes, let me just see. Let me just scroll for some things here. Right? You know, that kind of that kind of thing. And uh, it's unfortunate because that's that's the majority of what we see, right? And so now people equate that to being the same thing for everything. But here we have situations of people who are actually experiencing some real things that have negatively impacted their lives for sure right so i just want to get to another comment that someone said if your employee experiences don't match the brand you project there will be consequences i would agree with that um and here's a question uh, i've been seeing these posts and have been sympathetic to an extent but I have been thinking, is publicly dragging HR issues really productive or is it vindictive? Um, mm -hmm. That's a good one. Okay, so I don't know if this person has been here for our whole conversation, but um, we just mentioned that, or I mentioned, I think we both did, that um, if you're not being seen, you're not being heard, you're bringing these issues to HR behind the scenes, you're doing all the work quietly, and nothing is done, and there are multiple, multiple stories, um, at what point do you reach for help? And so I wouldn't say right now that any of these pages that existed or currently exist dragged it out. I just think there are that many stories to post. Um, and I, I wouldn't say that victims coming forward is vindictive. I wouldn't say that victims coming forth with um, experiencing racism in a workplace or um, just being in a toxic work environment. I don't think that's vindictive. I think that's honest. I mean, granted, they're being honest, right? And like Natalie said, if these situations are so specific, 
they're probably, I mean, you know, more than likely that. there's a high probability that they are true. Yes. So balance the probabilities. Yeah. So in response to that, I would say that these pages are not vindictive and these people coming forward are not vindictive. That's what I would say. Yeah. And yeah, this, the last part of that question was that the difference between accountability culture and cancel culture has been so blurred. And I would agree with that too. Um, someone says they have a question. What do you think about companies, staff, such as a supervisor, coordinator, gaslighting the obvious issues such as racism and discrimination against workers? So again, from an HR perspective, oh, <laughs> hurts my heart. Hurts my heart, right? Um, and, and the other part about HR is that when you're in-house HR, a lot of people are like, well, you work for the company. You don't have anything to do with me. That is not the case of true HR professionals, okay? True HR professionals do maintain that neutrality. Yes, they are paid for paid by the employer, but they should be maintaining that neutrality because over here, I have the employer who has legalities they have to abide by. And then I have the employee who is an ad, who I have to advocate for because of these policies here, making sure that these don't negatively affect the employees. That is the role of HR. Okay. Uh, so when there's gaslighting, you know, I, I will always say go to HR because that's what HR should be doing. However, I recognize many small businesses do not have HR. Many um, organizations, you know, their HR is like the payroll person or whatever. And so those avenues are very important to recognize that we have labor standards, employment standards of Manitoba. We have our human rights code. We have all of these things that have to be abided by the employers. So just because you have, don't have HR doesn't mean that those things don't apply to the employer. That is the key. So important. And of course, there has to be an opportunity where, again, people do have to seek out. A lot of people have worked in different companies and they've come to me because they know I'm in HR because their company doesn't have HR. And they'll say, Natalie, can you give me some, some tips on this or where should I go for this? And I will share that, right? Because it's so important to share that knowledge and educate people and, and give that awareness of what, what that's supposed to look like. But when that's happening in a workplace and there's gaslighting, you need to go to another level, another level. And again, unfortunately, we get to those levels where we've gone to the supervisor's manager, we've gone to the manager's director, and now we're like, I'm not going to the VP or CEO or whatever, right? Because I don't feel comfortable. Then you have to now go outside of your workplace to get some, to get some uh, assistance, mm -hmm. unfortunately. Um, and yes, yeah, supervisors can play a big role in gaslighting. Here's another question. At what point do you cancel? That is a question. Nygaard. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> when it's so ridiculously blatant. Um, yeah. Thing is, it was blatant for many, many years. Like I, like when I started my career, uh, you know, people would say, don't go for a, an HR job there. You would not like it there. It's horrible. Yeah. That was like 20 odd years ago and they lasted that long. So as much as it's blatant to us now and we get to be a part of all of that, it was happening for years and years and years and years and years and years. 
So at what point do you cancel? That's a great question. I would ask all of you, what do you think? What, what's that, that breaking point to me, an organization or a person or whatever, a brand is going to cancel themselves. <laughs> Honestly, they will cancel themselves because all of that wrongdoing, all of that stuff, you, it will be undeniable and they will end up canceling themselves. I don't think they would need any of us to cancel them whatsoever, you know? Um, and then someone says, I would never want to cancel someone because that's not right. We're human and we make mistakes, which agreed. However, on social media, we don't seem to allow people to do that. <laughs> we don't. Let's be real. Let's be true about it. We don't allow people to make mistakes. I shouldn't say we as in all of us. I should say generally, we don't allow people to make mistakes. But then we get into the fact where we need to be asking questions. Earlier tonight, someone said to me, how could you be Black Lives Matter and be married to a white man? And so I said, well, they didn't even ask me. They just made the comment. And I said, so are you asking me a question? Are you asking me that question? Or are you making a statement? Did they respond? They never responded. Of course not. Right? But I had to ask because I'm like, are you are you actually asking me a question? Because I'll, I'll, I'll damn sure tell you. Uh, <laughs> but if you're not, if you're just making a statement, then, you know, be blessed. Carry but on. The thing that bothers me about that, too, is that you are a human being. It's not your job to educate people. So, I mean, you know, when you're saying ask the question, if you can't find the answers, like do the research first. And you, I don't know, I just think that, it's not your job to have to do that. And um, this person could have went and looked that up. And I guarantee you there are tons of answers, you know. Um, so that's, that's where there's a fine line too, where it's like, it's not our job to tell you about your white privilege. It's just not. Yeah. Um, yep. I mean, I, I'm usually happy to answer, but at the same time, like, I, I hope that you've done your research, <laughs> you yeah. know. Well, like I said to you, said, let's, you know, protect your energy, protect your energy. We'll talk about it in the morning and see what it feels like in the morning. Yes. Um, I actually, I know I'm probably skipping so many things, but I just saw something that caught my eye. Yeah, go ahead. So um, someone said cancel versus boundaries, removing people from your life and socials or public cancel. So what do you think about that, Natalie? I definitely have something to say, but I want to know what. Okay, say it again. So basically they're asking like, um, when should you just um, unfollow people who are saying things that either you don't agree with or that sit wrong with you versus public cancel, or I guess we could right. say accountability. So, right. um, so yeah, like we talked about the whole doing your research, right? Like to me, yeah. people were sending me all sorts of things, you know, you're this person in Winnipeg and you follow everybody and you've worked with this one and this one and da, 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 right? That's, yeah. I get it, right? But let me give, give me my time to do my thing and find out what the heck's going on. And I disassociate with those businesses. That's it. It's really that simple. I don't, again, have to report back to people on the internet at all. I don't report to anyone on the internet. I don't know how many more times I can say that. However, I do recognize I, I hold space here 
and I do hold space and I do encourage that conversation. I encourage those relationships. So I recognize that. But at the same token, I don't have to report back. I don't. However, my character speaks for itself in the fact that I will share those things in my time. I will not be rushed by anybody. I will take those conversations. People DM me stuff all the time. I have some amazing conversations with people about businesses that are doing these things, brands that are doing these things, all that kind of stuff. And we have a good conversation because that's the way I communicate. That's the way I enjoy communicating with people. And that is the standard that I've made for my account. And so if I find this research out and I'm like, holy, 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 holy crap, then I do my thing, but I don't need to publicize it. I don't need to share and say, oh, Natalie Bell canceled this company over here and Natalie Bell canceled this brand. W what does that do? What, what does that do? Mm -hmm. Again, it's everyone has control of their, of their own accounts, their own lives, day in and day out. We are influenced by many things. We are influenced by other people online, right? It's a matter of taking pause understanding what you're influenced by is it truly something that aligns with you and your values and who you are as a person then you make your decision and your choice be informed with your decisions right no rushing no any of these kinds of things there are there are plenty of people i have blocked and deleted and said be blessed oh yeah <laughs> plenty yeah. because they're so ridiculously evil and violent and disgusting and, and things that I would never even want to engage with. Right. But things like this where I'm like, okay, you know, and I have HR background, I'm thinking of this and I'm looking at this and there's people who have contacted me that worked at some of these places. And I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Then I'm taking that information, that informed information. And I make my own decision because I control what I do. We all have choices you cannot judge me for my choices. My choice, depending on what goes on in this head, this brain, this life, my choice. You cannot control what I do. However, we are influenced by it because we encourage these spaces to have these kind of discussions. For sure. And I think part of it for me is I definitely protect my energy. I fully... I'm very conscious about when I'm mindlessly scroll. Like I just don't do that anymore. I'm usually on Instagram seeking some sort of inspiration in some way. There's like five accounts, including yours, Natalie, that <laughs> I do check regularly because they uplift me, you know? So I think that's important. I've definitely blocked, deleted, unfollowed a lot of people. But when it comes to certain things that weigh heavily on me or that I feel like I could possibly spark some change spark a conversation then it's worth me speaking on so I think it's for me it's about picking and choosing my battles because yes as as BIPOC we could battle all day every day all day every day every day I guarantee you once we shut this down I'm gonna have some other comments from somebody that's just yeah totally and you know that's just that's not our vibe. That's not going to like, what is that going to do for our mental health? We have mm -hmm. to protect our energy first. You can't pour from an empty cup. And I've seen you yeah. speak so many times. Um, and yeah, like in this instance, this did weigh heavily on me. Um, and I'm really glad that it sparked a conversation and a conversation with you, which was really cool. And just everyone else who, you know, has sent us messages in the lives has engaged with us um, over the past, I, I don't know, 24 hours. Um, 
Yeah. So I guess I would say, yeah, for me, pick and choose your battles, you know, look at where you can actually spark some change and some conversation and just go from there. Cause you're yeah. not going to change everyone. And I know there are a lot of accounts that I've unfollowed that I'm like, okay, this to me is a lost cause. I mean, maybe someone else will tackle it, but that's not, I don't have the energy for it. <laughs> yeah. Know? Yeah. And we have to recognize when, when that happens to us. Right. Yeah. And again, sometimes I don't see all the things. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know until someone's like, Hey, Natalie, did you see this? Because I, yeah. I don't have my pulse on every, you know, cause living life and all. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't see all the things. So some things I just have no clue about. And then people are like, why didn't you say anything about something? I had no freaking uh, clue. That's why. Like maybe I was off my phone today. Sorry. Right? Like how many times like I was out today with my dad and walking for gosh knows how long. Right. I don't, I'm not. And last night with my daughter, who's about to I make me a grandmother. I, I did no phone, no nothing. Yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? But anyways, um, there's another question here. Okay. What kind of apology and accountability will satisfy people? Sometimes I feel like any apology or statement it got cut off um, probably is, you know, um, not good enough, maybe. I'm assuming that might be the answer. But um, again, an apology that is truly, it's so hard because when you're online as a content creator, influencer, anybody, and you have to apologize for something, people are always going to think it's for the gram. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, you know, I'll go back to your example where you talked about homeless people versus people experiencing homelessness, right? You said what you had to say and you moved on. Yeah. Right? The thing is, you... People will know if you're genuine in your apology. They will know, they will feel it. I know I can feel the vibes when someone is genuine and passionate about, holy crap, I had no idea. I'm, you know, so sorry. I, I did not know that was the way to say this or what have you. I will moving forward be doing this. Thank you so much for your concern, etc. People will know how you say that, how, how, you say it will determine if people believe it's it's credible or not because if it's truly genuine and you are truly sorry it will come through it will absolutely come through and then yes there's going to be this percentage of people who don't give a crap if it's genuine and they're still going to crap on you they're yeah. still going to and you have to just know that that's going to happen because there's just some people like that in life there's there's that small percentage of people who wake up in the morning and say i can be a jerk all day I don't care how happy you are. I don't care what's going on in your life. I don't think care how positive you are. I don't care what apologies you give. I'm going to crap on everything you say today. Yeah. Keyboard warrior. Let's go. Yeah. Right. So I think an apology or a statement from you has to be genuine. It has to come from you. There has to be that genuine emotion to it, that credibility that you truly did make a mistake. Once you know that for yourself, it's not going to matter whatever, what everyone else thinks. You shouldn't be worried about that. Apologize because you know it's the right thing to do. To do. Apologize because you feel it in your soul and it's just going to, you know, affect you. Apologize because you're genuine about apologizing, right? Once you are right with yourself, it's not going to matter what everyone else thinks. It yeah. shouldn't. Yeah, and I've touched on this so many times where... 
I know for sure that not everyone's going to like me because I don't like everyone. And I know for sure that not everyone knows my heart and that's okay. But for me, a genuine apology is specific and it has an action plan. Yes. So, okay, you're sorry, but what are you going to do moving forward? You should be able to write down on paper what the next steps are going to be, how you're going to do better, what you've learned, who you've hurt, like who are you apologizing to? Because to me saying... I'm sorry to whoever I offended um, is not an, I don't know. It's, it's not being fully accountable. Um, And yeah, just, just being able to write down on paper, what is it that you're going to do to make sure one, this does not happen again Two, to do better. And three, to make sure that you're creating a safe space for these people who have come forward in this case specifically, um, since we were talking about these, not my insert business name here. So to me, that's, that's a genuine apology. And then to really see that change, you know, walk your talk. How are your posts going to change? How are your captions going to change? Are you going to start actually posting pictures of diverse people when you speak on diversity? You know, are you going to, are you going to do these things? So um, to me, that's a genuine apology. And I mean, that, that is so simple. Like when I was a teacher um, and I taught kindergarten, I would literally say to these cute little ones, okay, how are you going to do better? You know, (laughs) you know, um, what are we not going to do on the playground? We're not going to punch other kids, you know, like it's, it's so simple, but it's, it's so effective. And um, I think like, and obviously you have children, so you for sure know, but I think lessons that we teach little ones are so applicable now because the simpler it is, the easier it is. And the more true it is, in my opinion, yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally agree with you. I totally agree with you. As soon as you say kids, I'm like, oh, come here, so um, <laughs> I know my face changed. Over, yeah, yeah I total, that total demeanor change. Let's just talk about kids now. Uh, so someone did say here they were talking about HR, even thirty, even third party HR reports to the top. So the top is seemingly in control, regardless of the intentions of other departments and roles. And that, again, it's so hard for me to hear being in HR for so long. Um, because that is not the intent. Um, and hence why I now work for a consulting firm, by the way, <laughs> Acuity for life. Okay. Um, because again, I can't tell you how many times there are many businesses that come and say, I'm doing this, or this situation is happening. Fix it, HR, fix it, HR. And I will tell you, there are a gazillion times where I'll say, we cannot fix this. You need to fix you. You need to fix you and your management structure and your leadership styles and your leadership behaviors. Mm-hmm. It's just HR just gets such a bad rap because, of course, there are many situations where that's the case. It's just HR is just doing the bidding of the, the you know, the top uh, leaders in the organization. But that is not the case for a percentage of us, right? We are here to make sure that those things that are legal are followed and it's not negatively impacting the employees. And if it is, we have to deal with it. And so if we see that that's because your leadership sucks, we're going to tell you that and you have to deal with that. And here's how you're going to deal with that. That's what HR will do. That is what HR is supposed to do. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's not just let me fight this fire for you and everything gets to, to keep being the same way. No. How are we going to change why it keeps becoming a damn fire in the first place? Right? Yeah. That's, well, anyways, the passion comes out very easily. <laughs> I mean, I wish I could just do HR at every organization and just be like, this is what you need to do. Fix this, fix this. Right. Anyways, but 
I can't because <laughs> I would just never have time for anything else. I would never have time for anything else. Um, oh, here's a good one. What about people who are canceled, come back and make the same mistakes over and over? Do they ever do this on purpose for PR? Probably. Oh, yeah. Probably. Oh, when you hear people say no press is bad press, I fully disagree with that. But there's people out there who really have that that way of thinking. So I would say yes to that. Yes. Like, I, there probably are people who do that. And it's, and it's shameful because it, it increases their clout for, and, and, you know, visibility for all the wrong reasons. And, and so the, the people who align with them or, you know, keep going back for more, yeah. What can you say? Even today when I was connecting with so many people through DM, like me speaking on this, these issues is because I'm genuinely passionate about this. I have always been so clout and, you know, views or whatever. Like, I don't care about any of that. No, but, you know, no. But, like I said, tomorrow I could be just like be, who's Natalie Bell again? And I'd be like, ah, whatever. Exactly. But live you your know. life. Hey, hey, hey. Uh. Uh, anyways. <laughs> Did we just enter a club? Yeah. Like, <laughs> but no, like, I don't know. There's definitely, there's definitely people. And I mean, if you, if you watch any beauty YouTubers or anything, um, the YouTube world has been wild Oof. lately. I have seen that. Yeah. So there's definitely people out there who will say whatever to get views. But at the end of the end of the day, how sustainable is that? And what kind of, what kind of image and what kind of connections are you really creating with that you know exactly um, yeah. exactly I think, I think there's businesses who for sure enjoy the PR I mean it is what it is it is yeah speaking of PR I just want to give a big shout out to Susie Parker Sparker yeah. strategy group she is number one social media and PR in the city she has she was the day one she is the day one <laughs> so if you ever have any questions about that Susie's your girl okay because she is amazing she is amazing I'm so glad to know her um another question here do you think these small local businesses are held to a higher standard by the public than the larger corporations is it okay to expect a small local business be better and treat their employees better so I would say for small businesses and local businesses that exposure and that visibility is so much more heightened, right? Than this big grocery chain over here or, you know, uh, whatever restaurant franchise over here. I think because that connection to the community is there, that there is a sense of a higher standard, not maybe intentionally, but I think that's just, you know, people just expect that, uh, you know, you're a local business, so you should you should know your stuff, and you should be the ones that we want to work for instead of the larger corporations. Yeah, but I think I think there is that that community vibe, that understanding that you're a Winnipeg business, and I expect that you are going to 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 do right by your, by these local Winnipeggers who support you in your business, and we talk about local a lot, right? Yep. And we always say, you know, our, our small businesses right now are, have been suffering immensely, okay? And so on top of that, to have their employees suffering as well due to other behavior, is it, it's just not, it, it's not a good thing. 
Whereas big conglomerate over here, large national corporation, you know, they may be employing local Winnipeggers, but we don't get that sense because they kind of fall into this big old, you know, pot, if you will, right? But locally, we see everybody, we know everybody, right? Especially in Winnipeg. Especially in Winnipeg, especially rurally, right? So I think... It may not be an intentional higher standard, but it's definitely there because that's just the community aspect of things, right? But I think like as a business owner, you should want to make sure that you're taking extra care of the community. Well, I mean, I just think like these, these things, these human rights, these workplace standards of having a safe environment, like I don't think it's that it's that up there. I don't think that it's that hard, I guess. It's, to- it's the law. literally the law so like like, to say that there's extra pressure like yes for sure you are being watched a little bit more heavily that could definitely be stressful but if you are doing the right things if you are treating people with kindness if you're abiding by the law none of this should be an issue um and so i honestly i don't have sympathy or empathy for that because you knew going in that you are from a small city you know, and again, this is not to say they can't make mistakes, but what I'm saying is if you're doing things correctly and if you have um, good uh, processes mm-hmm. yeah, in place, then this wouldn't be an issue. And I don't know. It's, yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I definitely do think that um, Winnipeg has a very watchful eye. Yes, they um, sure do. They sure but, do. Like, just do things right and you won't have to worry about this. And Agreed. that's why for me as a content creator... Like, I know I live in Winnipeg, so I know that when I go out, there's probably someone who may have seen me on the gram before, and that's just something I have to be aware of. That's, you know, it's something I'm aware of when I'm having conversations in restaurants, even, because I don't know who could be listening, whatever, and, like, it Especially is- as BIPOC, we're seen oh. more. Yeah. <laughs> like, 100%. visibly, you will see me because I will stand out in many places. Just saying. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And naturally, honestly, like a lot of times when I've walked into places, people are already like, what is she? You know, so it's like, I know that there's that pressure. Um, And so for me, it's a choice that I make every day. And I'm not going to say that I'll never make a mistake. But that's why for me, I'm true to who I am online. The way that I'm speaking right now is the way I speak in real life. The way that I speak in my vlogs and my podcasts or on my stories, like that's just me. And so if someone were to see me out there, that's what they're getting, you know? So for these businesses, if you're being true to who you are, if you're following the right procedures, you're doing everything correctly and you know, you're treating people with respect, it shouldn't be an issue. And like, you will will reflect your values. Yeah. And also if you're part of like a huge franchise or a really, really big company, it's actually harder to make sure that you know what's going on on the micro level. But when you're a smaller business, I would argue, I mean, regardless of how busy you are, you have way more control. Way, of way knowing more knowing what's happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, there was a specific instance um, on one of the pages talking about this person didn't post about this thing going on um, with Indigenous Day or, yeah, I believe that's what it was. And um, I saw people kind of arguing, being like, well, this business owner probably doesn't control their social media. And I'm a social media manager, and I will say that my clients always know what's going on. (laughs) They always know what I'm going to post. They have full access to the content calendar. So as a business owner, yeah, you might, you might slip up sometimes there. um, There was a time I had scheduled a post for my client 
um, on International Women's Day. And I had planned this like three weeks in advance and I didn't look, but I realized a few days before, I was like, oh, we should do something for International Women's Day. If that had slipped, I would own up to that. I would apologize. I would do yeah. something the day after. Um, I wouldn't blame my client. I wouldn't blame people around me. So yeah, it's just, I don't know. If you're a small business, you have more control. And I would say- And you're probably not taking- huge social media breaks like you would you would know yeah more than likely exactly. you would know yeah exactly and that's why i think for people who say oh there's so much more pressure on these small business owners yes but again if you're doing everything right then the pressure shouldn't exist you know like you're you should be fine i would agree i would absolutely agree uh another question i have no idea when this live is going to shut off so we'll just keep talking uh <laughs> Like, I should probably go kiss my son goodnight eventually. But anyway, um, how do we support the workers and the people paid by the organizations and not hurt them in the process of keeping the businesses accountable? And so I think of the fact that there are people who still have to work at these places. They yeah. still have livelihoods. They still have to work at these places, right? And I think that's where that question is coming from. Mm-hmm. Like, how do we, you know, make sure we're still holding the business accountable, but we want to support the people who still have to work there every day, right? Yeah. I think that's what the yeah. the question means. If I'm wrong, the person can, if they're still on, they can clarify, but I think that's what they mean. And so that's the hard part, right? Again, I just continue to think, like, what if I didn't have social media, and I heard, you know, a couple of friends were having a concern at a business and being treated poorly. But then I have other friends who also work there because, again, we're in Winnipeg, small, right? It's, it's a really tough thing. You want to support both because here's this person who needs it to pay their bills. Yeah. And here's this person who has perhaps left and is negatively impacted and is having, you know, you know, mental health concerns because of this same business. It is, it is the hardest thing because now you're, you're asking yourself, how do I choose sides? Right. Yeah. And I can't answer that question. I can't answer that because you have to do what's right for you. And you have to recognize again, from your, your values, things that you align with, what are the side, what is the side perhaps, or maybe it's both but maybe there's one side that speaks more to you than the other. Perhaps it's again, I can't answer what people should do. Um, but I, I think you have to do what's right for you, your family, um, your, your choices are your choices. If you choose to keep supporting that business because you have people that are working there that are family members that still have to work there, then support the business, do what you got to do, but recognize there is a whole bunch of people on this side that have been hurt by that business and they need to be kept accountable. So again, it's, it's hard to answer that question because I don't know what the, the, the answer could, could totally be. And maybe there's some people in the comments who would like to share what they would do, but it's really hard to tell someone, well, don't support your friend who's working there or your family member, just, you know, support the folks who have been treated horribly by them because that's worse. Well, what about the people, you know, like you're always going to have that back and forth. It's, it's, it's really difficult for me as someone who 
you know, hasn't been experiencing it or doesn't know, I, I can't tell people how to think or what to do uh, in that regard, because that is totally a personal choice. Mm -hmm. um, but it's within your values too, right? That's where you're helping this person maybe leave that organization. Maybe you're saying, say these things, do these things, make sure you, you know, ask these questions. And in the meantime, how can I help you if something continues to go wrong there and now you're without a job, right? There's lots of different nuances and, and it depends on the people and who, you know, that's a tough question. It's a tough question. Mm -hmm. um, oh, what's this one? About uh, Stella's something, Stella's bridal. Uh, oh, I opened Stella's Bridal at the age of 20 in 1985. What the heck did I know? The only way I knew how to treat my employees or do the best by them was to listen to them and learn from them. Yeah. Yeah. And Susie says, yes, anti-racism week starts. It actually starts today. Can't, yeah, change, can't change my skin tone after seven days or erase years of bullying and racial slurs. So the work is 24-7. We have to be anti-racist every day. Absolutely. It only took till 2021 for us to get that day <laughs> or that week, I should say, um, which is unfortunate, but it's starting. It's starting. Uh, what else do we have here? Um, so much great comments in here. I know. If their actions don't match their words in public, then they are putting forth or the info that they are putting forth. That is a huge red flag. Yeah. Agreed. None of us are perfect, need to work on itself. How do you feel about gossip accounts that encourage cancel culture? Uh, someone just talked about that with the YouTube beauty vlogger world. Want to take that one, Taylor? <laughs> you know more about that. I mean, okay, sorry. Can we uh, just quickly reread that question? Yeah, it says, how do you feel about gossip accounts that encourage cancel culture? Because that's a huge problem in the YouTube beauty vlogger world. Yeah, I mean, okay, so I touched on this earlier when I said that businesses or people who are being canceled or being held accountable are obviously receiving terrible messages, sometimes um, death threats. And what I'm always mindful of, and because I'm the biggest advocate for mental health, I talk about my own all the time. You don't know what someone's going on, or sorry, what someone is dealing with behind the scenes. So I always say just approach everything with respect regardless of if this person is being terrible, you know, I'm never going to DM someone and swear at them or call them a name or be, you know, mean, even if they're being mean. For me, I'm always like, I'm going to approach you with respect. Maybe not always kindness, but at least respect. Yes. And, you know, because I don't know what kind of pain you're in. Hurt people sometimes hurt people. Right. Yeah. So I think, um, and again, this goes back to me working with small children. You know, I've worked with kids who have got a lot going on at home. And so even kids who were so mean to me, I had a little girl tell me I was ugly, but it's fine. I said, you know, I'm going to kill you with kindness because I don't know what's going on at home. And sure enough, they opened up to me. Um, and I think it's the same thing for these gossip um, pages and, you know, all these types of things. If you feel like you need to start a conversation or you would like to, or you would like to spark some change, just approach everything with respect because gossip and trying to cancel someone in a mean way is never gonna, I mean, you might get what you want. Uh, the person might lose followers or whatever that looks like to you, but 
um, you just don't know what's going on. So um, I think allowing space for people to change, allowing space for recognizing that these people might be hurt. And I'm not excusing whatever it is that they're doing. um, But I'm just saying there's, there's always a better way to approach something. There's always a kinder way. There's always a more respectful way. So yeah, I definitely don't agree with these stupid gossip pages. Um, What was that website called? Um, It was called The Dirty. Do you guys remember that? You remember that? That is some crazy stuff that I used to see in high school and things like that I would never agree with. And I would say that will never, ever spark any sort of positive change ever. Like literally never. Um, Bullying is not the answer and saying mean things is not the answer. So yeah, just approach everything with respect and kindness. That is my opinion on that. Yeah, behave like... For example, I always tell people this, um, even with with training recently, I pretend my mom is right here. And my mom passed away, right, 2013, of breast cancer. And she's always right here. And so that influences my behavior, right? Behave like someone you respect and admire and love is with you. Yeah. Right? In the room with you. Then all of a sudden, your behavior is always on point, if you will, right? Behave like someone you love, admire, and respect is right there with you. And you won't have those types of experiences. You won't because you will behave. Other people might behave badly towards you, but you will stand in your truth. You will speak with your voice and you will do it in a kind and respectful manner because your grandmother, your mother, your father, your grandfather, your, the uncle who raised you, the aunt who raised you, whoever it is, is standing right here with you at all times. Yeah. And when yeah. you walk with that, you walk with that purpose, right? Um, we have another question here. How do we know what's authentic and what's not for ourselves anymore when there's such high social activism expectations? Woo, what a question, Fuzziest Beret. (laughs) What a question. Let me read it again. How do we know what's authentic and what's not for ourselves anymore when there's such high social activism expectations? So, and I'm going to say this again because I always say it. (laughs) What are we going to say? You don't report to anyone on the internet. Uh, (laughs) No, whoa. (laughs) So I know there's a lot of expectations and we have to post this and post that and post it. You don't have to. You don't have to. Right? You're going to post what you need to post when it feels right for you to post. Yep. That is it. That is it. You know what's for you. You know what's for you. You know what's not for you. And when you know what's not for you, what do you do? Unfollow, right? Delete, mute, right? We know how to do that. We do it all the time. And it's funny because we do it really well on social media now, don't we? Right? But those high expectations are for who? Who are those high social activism expectations for? For who? Who are we trying to meet with that expectation? Who are we trying to please with that expectation? If it's not something you feel, if it's not something you're passionate about, it is. if it's not something you're aligned with, you're just gonna post it just to post it because other people are posting it? No, right? You have to feel it. You have to know that what 
this person is saying over here, I gravitate towards that. I, I co-sign that message, posting it. And here's why. And here's the context. Right? That's authentic. But when we feel that everyone is posting all these, because this is what happened with the black squares. Everyone's posting a black square. I got to go. Let's go. Let's post a black square. Right? And then what? And then what happened? Exactly. So there was that expectation that on this day, everyone's posting the black square. But did it connect with you? Did it connect with who you are? Did it connect with your values? Did it connect with the things that you say already on your social media? Mm -hmm. If you can't answer that, then you should not be posting it. Right? And then the other side of it is, well, if I don't post it, these people are going to come at me for not posting it. But you know what to say to them. <laughs> what do we say? <laughs> I don't report to anyone on the internet. Um, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. Seriously. And you have to say it exactly like that, guys. If you ever do that. <laughs> exactly like that. Dance and all. It's like we just don't. I, we, we create. We, we love social media. We have internet. There's all these ways to communicate and talk with people. But we don't report, like, this is not our jobs. This is not, you know, for some people, I guess it is, right? Their, their livelihood comes from the gram, perhaps. But do they have a boss? No. They report to themselves because in order for them to maintain that entrepreneurship, they have to do certain things on the internet for themselves. Yeah. Right? I so I, I, yeah. Go ahead. All right. Um, I think as soon as you feel like you're posting something because you have to, then you already know that that's not meant for you. That's not what, you know, that that's not authentic. If you post something because you want to and you don't care, you know, what else is going on around you, that's when you know it's authentic. And I just think, like, be real with yourself. Ask yourself, why am I posting this? Have I been walking my talk? And if I haven't, am I going to moving forward? You know, just... um yeah, as soon as you feel like you have to, and have to for who, like you said, right? Like, I know that I don't owe anybody an explanation. Um, I, when I speak on mental health, I've had people come for me and literally say, well, that's not how, how anxiety works. And I'm like, but it affects everyone differently. And I don't owe you an explanation. And I don't have to go into detail. And I don't have to say X, Y, and Z. I'm sharing what I choose to share. I'm not sharing what I choose to not share. And, um... Yeah, I think that's kind of, you know. Um, and that's okay. And that's okay. Yeah, and that's a bump in the road that I think all of us content creators kind of hit where we're like, okay, what am I posting for me? And what am I posting to get likes or to get views or yeah. whatever it is? Um, yeah. So just, yeah, I mean, you're going to know. You're going to have that feeling. You're going to know. It's just, um, it's undeniable. You'll know. It's intuition. It is true intuition. We all have it. Every single one of us have it. We know in our gut when we feel unsure about something. Yeah. We know some, there's a spidey senses that tingle. We know right away when something doesn't feel right. Yeah. We know right away. Every human being knows that. You know, there, so there's another question that came on here. So the ones from the story that I posted earlier, I said what well, I would remain anonymous. So I'm not going to share those, but there's some here that have come through today uh, mm -hmm. or live that I can actually put on the screen there. 
And I'm going to save this live. Absolutely. <laughs> I was going to ask you, because we've gotten a lot of questions F on that. Like, I, we will save this live. I'm going to say we probably could, we probably should end around 930 because I, I probably should go, you know, kiss my son. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I want a little snack. I'm ready for a snack. Yeah. And I mean, two hours of chatting, it's been great. I mean, we could do this two hours? all day, every day. Yes. So this question says the phrase, is it cut off here? I think so. The phrase HR does nothing. Can you touch on professional confidentiality? Huh. So, yeah, this has been this, you know, I, like I said, I get very passionate about my HR. I very, very passionate. <laughs> so when people say HR does nothing, I, you know, get a little hulkish inside and turn into the Hulk a little bit because I'm like, excuse me, what? Um, however, cannot deny that there are certain places where HR truly does nothing. I cannot deny that because I've been in some of those places. Okay. Um, professional confidentiality is, is really important in the fact that, and I'm, I'm assuming it's from the HR side or is it from the employee side? I don't know the Lauren Glenn, if you could somehow clarify, cause your, your question got cut off. So I'm not really sure what I'm answering. So I'm going to assume, which is never good. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to assume, which is never good. Um, so again, there are organizations who do not empower their HR folks and are not really part of the business strategy to actually do what they're supposed to do. And therefore, the employees who go to HR feel that HR does nothing because truly, perhaps their hands are tied and, and nothing can be done. That is absolutely happening in many businesses that I know of. Um, and it's very unfortunate, very, very unfortunate because if HR is doing something, again, as the employer, you have to follow these, um, uh, you know, acts and codes and laws and whatnot. And I have to make sure as HR that they're not, the things that are happening in this organization are not negatively impacting the people who are there to help run that business. What happens with all these people go away? Do you have this anymore? No. Right. That, that it did to me. It's that simple. It's that simple. And yet here we are with so many businesses that HR just kind of does the paperwork. And once in a while, when, you know, employee A and employee B have a little kerfuffle, they mediate and make it go away. That is not HR, okay? HR is part of the business strategy. HR is ensuring that every employee life cycle is respectful, that every employee who works for an organization had, oh, I just got something. Did you get that there? Every employee uh, is in a safe, physically safe and psychologically safe workplace. That's what we're there to do. We are there to ensure that happens, but we have to be there as a part of the business strategy. And we have to be neutral and be an advocate for the employee while upholding the law and the obligations of the employer. Now, other, other HR people may uh, disagree with me, and I'd like to know who they are, and we should probably chat. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not today. <laughs> yeah, not today. Uh, let's, let's, uh, let's get uh, Brooke in here. Brooke wants to be in here. Come on, Brooke. Local business. Join, join, join. It said it, it says she should join. Hi! Yes. Oh. There she is. Oh my goodness. Okay, it was kind of a whoopsie. 
but um, <laughs> too one. late. You're here. I am here, though. Yeah, too late. So. We're glad that you're here. So. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Sorry. I don't want to derail. Keep talking. Okay. <laughs> I'm just looking at some of these comments and questions. Um, just amazing. Com I wish, is there a way to save this freaking thing? You know, like, I mean, not the, the live, I meant the comments because yeah. the comments the and comments the questions have been amazing. I think yeah. the comments save. I yeah. I think they show up, like they pop up in real time. Like, Do they? Now. I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I hope so. Yeah. What if the employer doesn't uphold the ethics and the laws and the mandates? Well, then they're an illegal place to be. That's for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You like th those standards, those laws are in place for a reason. And if an employer is choosing not to uphold them, that is not somewhere I would want to work for one. And I know that's simplified for me to say because if you're in it right now and that employer is not doing it it's hard to say i have to leave this place now because hey i've got mortgage i've got kids i have to put food on the table and a roof over my head and i get that it's just taking those steps to make sure you're documenting and journalizing all of those examples of those ethics or laws not being followed so that when you are ready to do something with it or you can do something with it or leave, you have that documented and journalized. I don't know how many times people do not document situations, mm. you know, and, and it's so important because I guarantee you, if you were brought forward to a court of law, an arbitrator, any judge, whatever, they're going to say, so where's your proof? What do you got here? right and you need to be able to show that at 2 32 p.m when you know um uh, jillian was wearing a you know yellow shirt and she said this to me you know on a zoom call at 2 33 p.m and it was inappropriate and there was three other people on the zoom call whatever it is you need to document things that are going on in the workplace that are not right have to yeah. Keep a OneNote, uh, you know, Microsoft OneNote or in your notes on your phone or go to the dollar store and grab yourself a little notebook and pen and paper, whatever it is. Yeah. And yeah. It, it doesn't matter how large or small the business is either. Like we're all bound by these laws and we're all bound by those, whether you have the ability to hire an HR department or not, yeah. you should still have policies in place that you yes. follow internally that align with your brand. But then also you're still bound by law. Yeah. And um, I just saw a question here talking specifically about gyms, actually, how you report a gym for not upholding mandates in Winnipeg. Unfortunately, the fitness industry and health and fitness industry is an unregulated industry. Yeah. What? There, there are no governing bodies to report to currently. So when you talk about the mandates, though, are we talking like the public health orders, those kind of things? Well, because I'm if I work for a gym, uh, that yeah. you know employees you know 10 people and they're being disrespectful or something there's i mean you're still a, an employer in the province of manitoba which has a manitoba human rights code workplace health and safety regulations regardless if you're a, a registered body or not mm -hmm. you are an employer in this province and you must follow by by those things but anti-mass gyms that that definitely goes to the public health orders and there's those yeah, yeah. um if you go to the government of manitoba website it gives you the the line uh or i think there's a you can actually um it's not just a phone call now you can actually i think they have a website to report yeah, there's like a way that you can file a specific report yeah yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. 
You betcha. You betcha. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what else is up here? What else? What else? Well, it's 930 now. <laughs> Are we gonna are we gonna call it a night soon, Natalie? Yeah, I think we probably should. I can't believe it's been two hours by the and way. It, <laughs> and this live better save, let me tell you, my phone is like totally connected to the charger. I'm not turning it off. I made sure there's no screen you know how it, the display comes off after five minutes. Nope, 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 nope. Save, 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 save. Um yeah, this has been amazing. Yeah. Taylor, thank you so much because um, like I said, you just sparked that, that conversation and it was just like, you know what, cause people have been messaging me like crazy, asking me to talk about certain things. And, and it just, it was, it was a sign that yesterday I saw that and, and here we are today discussing it and we may not have gotten to everyone's comments or questions. Um, obviously not intentional to do that. This comment thing is very small <laughs> and trying to scroll through and see is very difficult. However, um, I think for the most part, it was a very fruitful and productive, and construct well, constructive, if you will, but I like to say productive conversation. I think we talked about different uh, aspects of what could or could not happen as we talk about accountability culture now and in the future and what that could look like. And this is a discussion that will continue to evolve. This is not stopping with just us talking today. I think there's some people who perhaps once this saves and gets posted, will have additional questions and there's things we could talk about in another couple of days and, and, you know, it's evolving. And it's, again, the biggest thing for me is that there's people hurting right now. There are people who are experiencing some really difficult times um, or have experienced really difficult times. And now this is all being brought up again. It's traumatic for them, um, especially those that are BIPOC. And here we have to find ways to support without being judgmental. We have to find ways to support that um, are respectful and, and uh, you know, are, are supportive of, of, of these folks who are experiencing these things without getting into that mob mentality, yeah. cancel culture, negative kind of vibe, right? It's not about harassing people or whatever. It's about us all wanting someone or businesses to do the right thing. Mm -hmm. That is what we ultimately want. We want the goal that for that to be that. It's unfortunate, though, that we want that to be the goal and how certain people communicate that as the goal is where we we run into some some concerns at times. Right. So, again, I think this was amazing. I thank you. And thank you, Brooke, for joining on. Your face. So, Taylor, any final uh, comments or words you want to say? Well, first of all, thank you again so much for having this conversation with me for always using your platform for the greater good, literally every day. And um, yeah, I'm just happy that this whole thing was able to spark a conversation, spark some change. I saw some people saying that they learned a lot. So I learned a lot about the HR side of things. So um, yeah, it was a learning experience for all of us. And I'm just so glad that we were able to spark some change, even if yes. it's small, change yeah. is change, you know? Yeah. And as long as we're moving in a positive direction, I am happy with that. So yeah, thank thank you everyone for yes, uh, thank you. Know, you. Oh, and did you see? Said. Did you see that uh, someone said we should do a podcast together? Hello. Oh, hello. <laughs> well, I mean, do it. I have a do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. <laughs>
Okay, so I guess this is the official announcement then. I mean, if you guys are down, we should do it. We're doing it. It's done. Okay, we got to pick a day. That's all. Cool. We will plan. I will message you. We'll plan. We will plan. I am available to you. Amazing. <laughs> I'm so excited. Yes. Okay. So I'm going to get ready to shut this down. It's freaking me out a little bit because I really want to make sure it saves because yeah. it needs to save. But yeah. thank you, every single buddy. It was awesome. I'm yeah. so glad that we had this conversation, at least to get some more conversation going. There will be additional conversations like this because it's clearly something that people want to talk about and engage in. And so stay tuned. We will do this again very, very soon. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. What? Do a part two. Part two. Part two, <laughs> yeah. three, four, and five. Yes. Five, six. Yeah. It's coming. It's yeah. coming. Um, so thank you, everyone. I really appreciate your time. Everybody yeah. cross their fingers now to make sure that this live saves. Okay? <laughs> Godspeed. And remember, what am I going to say? You don't report to anyone on the internet. You don't. You don't. You don't report to anyone on the net. You don't. Okay. All right. Okay, I'm done now. I loved it. Adrenaline is too much. It's just too much. Okay. All right. Au revoir. So, so see you tomorrow or the next day or the next day. Love y'all. It's been a slice. Yes. Pray bye, for bye. me. Let's let's hope this saves. Okay. okay. <laughs> bye. <laughs>